Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the LFC Reboards podcast. I'm your host Les Lawson and tonight I'm joined as normal by my partners in crime Tom Keegan and Pete Warburton and also tonight by Mike Wilson. First of all, before we, we get into our normal discussion tonight, on behalf of everybody who's appeared on the LFC Reboards podcast, we'd like to send our sympathy to the family and friends of Michael Jones who sadly passed away following an accident at the Bramley Moor Dock and um, working on Everton's new stadium. I hope that everybody will join in after 26 minutes at the Liverpool game on Saturday and give him you know, a round of applause that he deserves. So I thought with everybody, where tragedy and death is concerned, football has no colours. So we support you and your family every step of the way. So condolences from us all. So, Tom... Um, just before we set on our discussion, you you were telling everybody you were having an operation on your knee. Is this an abdicated job, Tom, and you're out for the season, or, or are you going no. to be fighting for the for the Aston no. Villa game? Do you think? I think I'll be all right for the Aston Villa game, Les, and then and then it, we get another one done. Then, but uh, do you know what? Before I go, I'd like to say, uh, Mister uh, Mister Karen, the consultant who done my knee, is a mad red. And I did talk him into the podcast, into the podcast, and and he, he promised to listen to he has listened to the Graham Sooners one. But I want to say from the bottom of my heart, a, a, a massive thank you for the job he done. Absolutely incredible, and to everybody in the NHS because it's an unbelievable. It's the one thing we all need to fight fight for to keep because without it, we are absolutely screwed. And that's that's the end of my political broadcast. <laughs> well said, Tom. I'm sure we all agree. Totally, yeah, we totally agree with those sentiments. Anyway, this time last week, we were all gripped on. Um, on like it was like we were like Christmas, Christmas Eve as kids. Who was taking us back to when the link started to get stronger and stronger to our friend Mister Consado from Brighton, and um, we all woke up on Friday morning with the news that. A deal had been agreed for 111 million quid, and then the 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 pin got put in the balloon around about midday, and it never got uh, inflated again. So, watch. I'll start with you. I think, Mike, on this one. What was your overriding feeling when you know from the time the the deal was agreed until you know we were finally put out out of our misery about I think about 10 o'clock on Sunday evening. It was difficult to know what to believe, really, wasn't it? Because, I mean, we were constantly getting lots of London press, particularly all over Twitter, saying, oh, no, it's getting sorted, it's getting sorted. But And, and there was there was also talk about them wanting to parade him before the game on Sunday. Um, but it, it just it just seemed to peter out. I think, I think it, on reflection, we might have uh, kind of become a bit more... Uh, of a driving force on that because I think we were kind of hung out to dry a little bit as a club. We There's been some really nice sentiments from the Brighton chairman about how we held ourselves during those discussions, but ultimately there was a deadline on Friday. It passed. We're sitting there waiting for, you know, the next stage, but then Chelsea put, you know, messed around for, for quite a long time. I, I think, in, on reflection, we might have been better off going and saying, well, give them a proper deadline and then we'll pull out because I think we ended up looking a bit of a bit of egg on our face at the end, even though we did absolutely nothing wrong. Pete, what what about you, mate? At this time last week, uh, my wife and I were enjoying a, a little break in Snowdonia. And luckily, the place we were staying, I had Wi-Fi, so I was keeping up to date with it and I was I was made up on Thursday evening when the news broke, and I was reading through some of the comments on Twitter, and I think one of the best ones I read was, um, depending on if he signs or not, I'll be drinking Moe and Shandon or Tesco bleach, and it, <laughs> there was some funny things on Twitter, um, but like Mike said, the longer it went on and dragged on, I mean I got a I got a text off my lad about middle mid morning Friday I think. To say, Kai say the the deal's off. Uh, Chelsea have come in, and uh, the the annoying thing was there was apparently a deadline on it. And as Mike said, Liverpool conducted themselves 
really well. You know, Brighton have, have given Liverpool plaudits about this, and really it was Chelsea that messed them about. But I suppose at the end of the day, money talks for both the club and also the player. Um, so I'm, I'm disappointed because I think we all said at the start of the season we had a, we had a pre-season pre- uh, preview, and I think the three of us and possibly Mike also, and he was on said that he'd be the type of player that would really do do well at Liverpool. So I'm disappointed on that score. Um, and in fairness, I think even the last program we did, I think we all com- we all confirmed that we thought we would get Caicedo, even though it was starting to drag out. Um, so yeah, it it went from I wouldn't say I was ecstatic because at my age you don't get ecstatic over transfers like you are when you're a kid. But it it would have been great for us. Um, so I don't know. It's just, I I just it's a bit phlegmatic in the end. He decided, or his I think his agents has put a lot into the lad's mind to be honest. And like the Brighton chairman said, you know, once Liverpool come in for you, players should run up the M6 to play for them. But obviously, I'm not saying London was the big draw, but I think the pounds, shillings and pence possibly was. And certainly the length of time on the contract as well that they gave him. So it could well be a bullet dodge there at the end of the day and, and go on to go on to other targets now. Tom? Yeah, I think I think like Peter did. I think I think I looked at it, I was I said I thought that we'd end up getting them. I had this because I thought the way the club had acted, and I did say I thought it would end by that on that night. But I thought I, I, I felt that it had dragged on far enough. Where I, where I, I think slightly different to piece. I, I, I think with with him, I think Chelsea by what I, I know it's money. It's it's all it's always about money, and it's always about the agents at the end of the day. And um, but what I think what would happen with him is they'd worked on him for about three months, and like I think Liverpool coming in at such a late stage, and I, he, he was always gonna they built up some form of relationship with him, and that's what you, you led to believe. And then um, he was always gonna go to Chelsea, he didn't really, I, 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 I don't think it makes. Anybody in the right mind would never would never pick would never pick Chelsea ahead of Liverpool. It's it's just it's nonsensical even to think it. To play under Jurgen Klopp, who who, who improves players, it, it, he surely would have come to Liverpool. And I think if we had started that at the same time, I think it would have been a different outcome. I think Liverpool would have ended up getting him. But as Peter said, I think now I look at it. I was while I was disappointed. I think I look at it as a bullet, as a bullet dodged, and I think hopefully they've. But what we'll talk about who we think is going to come in a bit later. But um, I think I think if we improve, I think if we if if we buy somebody of his type of ilk. I think I think we will. I I think it, we'll look back at this and think, well, that that we're all right there. We've done well out of it. So yeah, I mean, I I, I very much you know agree with your sentiments. Really, I mean, I was really excited when I. I mean, it was building up, building up when I fell asleep just before midnight on the on the Thursday night. I thought we've got a real chance here, and then when I woke up and checked my iPad. Um, just after seven, and there was a message there from Joycey to say, you know, that the deal had been agreed, hundred and ten million, I think he said. I had to read it twice to make sure it was true. And then the buzz was like when I woke up as a kid on on Christmas morning, I just couldn't believe it. And then, you know, you sort of watching Klopp's press conference, and he confirmed it. You know, the bit of being accepted, and basically that's all I heard because it was on cloud nine. And then round about lunchtime, then it, it sort of the pin went in the balloon, as I said before. And then you were just hoping that there would be something else that would happen that would say, right, you know, he is now on his way to, for his medical. But that never happened. And by by the time I'd sort of woke up on the Saturday morning, the buzz that I'd had on the on the Friday had gone. Um, and it was just a case of then hoping that the deal would be, you know, still go our way. And as as 
you know, Pete and Tom both said there when we did the the late flag show after the game on Sunday, we all had a feeling that because it had been going on for so long, that there's a there was a it was getting a stronger possibility that maybe Chelsea couldn't work out the fee because of financial fair play regulations and we all expected them to to sign and and then Tom was right. Tom said on the show that you know he thinks it'll be resolved by ten o'clock tonight. And that was on the Sunday and he was spot on. So that was that was a, a real sort of blow because I actually thought he would be a game changer for us. And a player who, who could come in and instantly make an impact. Um but it, it wasn't to be and at the end of the day, no matter how good a player is, if the player doesn't want to play for, for this football club, then he doesn't deserve to wear the shirt. And that's and that's where I stand now. Yeah, I'm still disappointed that we didn't get him, but we move on now. He didn't want to wear the shirt, so he's not worthy of it anymore. So we move on. And you know, we'll go on to Lavia now. And again, I'll I'll, I'll say my two pennies worth on this as I'm, as I'm already speaking rather than going round again. I think it's a bullet dodge with Lavia. I didn't think he was what we needed right now. I thought the fee that Southampton were asking for for a 19-year-old was uh, was extortionate when he'd only played 29 Premier League games. I think we needed somebody who was more ready, more experienced to go and play now. We couldn't really take the chance on him for that fee to be a project that was ready in maybe 6, 12, 18 months. We, we need an an open ready player now, in my opinion. Um, and so I definitely thought it was a bullet dodged. And I even felt that even more when I heard his excuses. Well, it was obvious he was second choice in Liverpool. Well, I'll tell you what, there's players better than you who've been second and third choice players at Liverpool. And at the end of the day, you weren't even first choice at Chelsea because they were going for Casado before you. So Liverpool were no different in that respect than Chelsea were. And I get the feeling that, again, you know, it's a nice excuse and a nice card to play. But ultimately, it was the it was the contract, the length of contract. He got apparently got a, a, a hefty signing on fee and his agent was weighed in. And I have a feeling people will say, well, why didn't Liverpool just go in and get the deal tied up? early doors and once again the more I think about this deal and the more the, the Chelsea were just there lurking in the background I even think that if three weeks ago Liverpool had gone gone in and agreed a fee with Southampton for 45 million plus 5 million I don't say I just think Chelsea would have just come in matched the fee and he would have gone there anyway um, because that's the way Chelsea were so and uh, definitely a bullet dodge for me I might not be saying that in two, three years' time, but at this moment in time, I'm definitely I definitely wasn't getting the the Lavia game game changer bug um, that some were getting. So I'll move on to, to you, Mike, and see what you think before before they go to the rest of the lads. Well, there's one extra factor in Lavia, isn't there? Um Joe Shields, who was a development coach at Southampton, who was who was a significant part of his own development had just moved to Chelsea. So um, there, there is a big part to play in that, trying to get him to come there. But I, I, I'm, I'm the same as you. I mean, uh, Lavia um, was a player that, that had limited experience, looked good, but actually, you know, and I think I put this on Twitter as well, that, that ultimately I don't see him in any other in, in much of a different bracket to Stefan Bacetic. And and I think if we're gonna if we're gonna put all our hope around a guy with half a season's worth of Premier League action, we ought to do it around the one that we don't have to pay fifty million for. Um, and 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 ultimately, uh, I agree with you, Les. We need somebody with more experience. And so I was not that bothered uh, by not signing not at all. Pete, what was? What were your feelings on this one? I mean, hand on heart, I haven't seen enough of Lavia, to be honest, but his name was getting so strongly linked. 
that I thought it was a done deal. I think we all said that ourselves in one of the previous shows. Um, but hand on heart, I, I couldn't say, yeah, he's a great player, he's a good player. It, like Mike and, and yourself have said, it was, a, it was a lot of money to pay out for potential. And when you've got Stefan Pacesic there, why you know, why get another kid? And he, he probably will be a good player in, in a couple of years' time. But I thought the excuse he came out with was a bit rich when he said, you know, I could understand him being frustrated, really, if that was the case. But, you know, the, he'd set his, you know, we were led to believe he'd set his, his mind on Liverpool and no one else. And then as I say, Chelsea come in and throw their two penitent and suddenly his head gets turned. But the excuse to say I was only second choice, um, you know, when when you look at the midfield that Chelsea put out against us, I mean, Gallagher had a really good game. Enzo had a really good game. How many midfielders are Chelsea going to play? Because obviously Caicedo is going to walk into that team with the feed he paid. Um, so he can probably find himself getting splinters on his bum at Chelsea. Um, and he, he certainly wasn't the type of player, even if we'd have signed him last week, that would have gone straight into the game against Bournemouth as a first choice. I think he, he'd, he'd have to he'd have to learn the Liverpool way, if that's the right terminology. So it could well be another bullet dodged. It's disappointing in, in one respect that you, know, you want to get young kids in or young players in who are going to strengthen the team. But like Mike said, is he any better than Stefan Bacetic? I don't think so, no. When you look at what that kid did last season, he was, he was our best midfielder until he got injured. He was always getting man of the match. So, once again, another bullet dodge. We seem to be dodging quite a few bullets here tonight. But, you know, we just have to move on. Whether you're disappointed or not from either of those, you just move on and and see what... You've got to trust in, in what Jürgen Klopp wants and what the Liverpool coaching staff wants. And at the end of the day, whoever comes in next, I'm sure there's more targets that are being spoken about. Um, you know, we, we support them because they will want to wear the shirts. But that's the main point. They want to wear that red shirt. Tom, I know you were... Um, Sorry, Tom, I was just to say, you were somebody who was really... Really keen on us getting Lavia. So, what's what's your sort of view on the whole thing? Again, it's it's like I what I would have I would have I think he would have developed into a decent player in the years to come. But you know what? I'm I'm indifferent now. I like likes of Wicked Casado. I'm not really. I'm. They never came, and like, I'm looking at it from a point of view. Well, I'm. I've I've got little interest in what what he what he said because what what they say when they go away in front of you know like with with another press conference I don't believe half of that stuff what they say anyhow so I, I was I would have been if he'd have come here I would have supported him and I think he would have developed in a couple of years into a into a quality player but he never comes so I'm not really I don't really. Give him a second thought. I, I really wouldn't. Same with Casado. Casado was, I think, what we were talking about with him before. He, I think, you know, like we look and we say he could have been a great player, but somebody who's not committed with the players, you, you only want players who are committed to your club, don't you? So I'd rather, I'd rather talk about the players that we, you know, we really want to get hold of yeah. that we're going to try and get get out onto. Yeah, I mean, we'll all remember the days of, you know, I think it was 1982 when in the space of, I think, about a two or three week period, um, Liverpool got turned down by Michael Loudrup, Paul Rideout, um, Charlie Nicholas and Steve McMahon. Um, so, so, you know, it's not, you know, and then Steve McMahon got a second chance to come to Liverpool sort of uh, months later. Um, but, yeah, it was like, you know, it, it's happened before. And, you know, it'll happen again and you just have to take it on the chin. And as you said, Tom, you know, you you have to go down and find players who who are actually going to want to come here and want to play for the shirt. Um, now, talking about players who, who were desperate to come and play for the shirt, around about... Maybe this time last night, maybe it's now about 10 past eight. 
maybe it was a little bit later than this, maybe about nine o'clock last night. Um, a tweet come up, and I actually thought I'd never heard of this guy before. And I actually was trying to look at the tweet to see where the joke was because it was it was a Japanese player with all due respect, and because his name was Endo, I thought he was somebody <laughs> extracting the urine, so to speak, and thinking to myself, okay. What is what is all this about? I don't actually see. So I, I I looked at it about three or four times. I thought I must be missing missing something here because I don't get the joke right. And then I actually sort of realised that he, he was actually a real player. And then things started to move extremely quickly. Um, you know, people who were quite negative on Twitter when it was first announced suddenly got got to when read tweets from people who'd who know his game better from the for, who've watched him in the Bundesliga and we're coming a little bit more positive. So I'll open the baton with you this time, Tom. What <laughs> I know I know you text me and said this can't be true. So what's your feelings now, mate? <laughs> you know, I didn't hear this story at all last night. Uh, you were out so of it, I, I, I was like, I was in a different place last night. So when I heard it this morning, and I like, our lead sent me a message first thing this morning. I I, I gave you a a, a a ten minute rant this morning, didn't I? <laughs> it wouldn't be the but, same. Uh, Get a rant off you, Tom, about a signing or or but, a player. But, no, but I, I I have looked. I, I have looked into him. Like I've sent a message back to our lead since since this afternoon, and yet. I think from what what it says, he's he's a combative midfield player. He's he's been the captain of Japan. I think if he comes along, Les, and and we buy we buy somebody else like like a, like a young a player who's young who's got a future with us, which we can build, you know, but with a bit of experience, like like the fella that's talking about. I hope it's true. With the fella they're talking about from Crystal Palace, you know, to Corey, and I, I hope it's true because he fits the bill. He's in, he's in the Casado mode. So him and you and, and Endo, then I would say, but that's I'm happy with that, and I'll be, I'll be really happy if it's Endo on his own. I, what I said to you this morning was that. We've lost seven midfield players. The two midfield players we've lost. I don't. I have no idea because I haven't seen the lad play. I have no idea whether he's better than Henderson or whether he's better than Fabinho. Fabinho was younger than him. Whether so, if he's the only one coming in, then I'll I, I'll be disappointed with with FSG, not with the lad who's coming in. Can I just cut in a second there, Tom? Yeah. Don't think, and, and you know, bear it for me to, to sort of de- defend the owners because I'm, I'm indifferent on them. I don't, I'm not an FSG in, I'm not an FSG out. They're just there to, they're just the owners. Mm. Right. And FSG, I don't think it will be FSG. I think it's more the recruitment team now that the, that the, that the focus is on the recruitment team and the likes of Klopp and his coaching staff to identify the right players and go out and get them. I think, it, in my opinion anyway, FSG showed that there's money there by by putting in the bid last week, you know, for Canseido, which was a, a record fee, right? So there's obviously money there. Now, if Liverpool don't go and sign, say, the Corey because they think he's overpriced, then that's down to me, to the recruitment team. And not down to FSG, not 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 putting up the money because we know it's there. Because and, and this has happened before where you know they've been they've been overly fussy and the market is inflated. So, you know, whereas you know they might have got the core might have been worth say fifty million, say at the start of this transfer window opening in June, right, or July whenever it opened, right. The fact that now the Saudis are suddenly in the in the race to sign players, there's there's been like a you know a, a sort of rapid increase in what uh, clubs are valuing the players at. 
So I wouldn't actually sort of distinctly point the finger at FSG. I think it's a collective thing, Tom. But I think it. I think it'd be negligent to go in without with just not, with not, not with just, United, Yeah, with just one. With just one player, as it's turned out today, Curtis is injured, isn't he, for the weekend? Yeah. Tom, don't you know, forget. Don't forget though. Prior to at the end of like the end of the season, we, we didn't know that Fab and Endo were going, but we also brought in Sobislai and McAllister. I know so we have but, yeah, but we've now, lost seven. We've yeah, lost yeah. seven, Pete. Six. We've lost five midfielders, haven't we? I mean, yeah, if, 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 if we basically. We've basically so yeah, if, 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 if you bring Endo in and they also bring Decorey in, who's going to be your first choice midfield? Because we only play three across the middle. But your first, that, that's not up. That, that's not up to me, Pete. That, that's that's I, I wouldn't. I, I, I don't see this. I, I think over the season going going for so for, for for four things. I think Liverpool would, would will struggle with with just three extra midfielders brought in. I think looking at all the teams around us who've who've invested in in players, I think if we go in with with just the with Thiago with with Curtis with with Pachetic, with Elliot oh, oh. and the other two, I think Liverpool will struggle. I think Yeah, to find with six midfielders, I think it, they'll struggle. I, 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 I think just, you I need think we need another midfielder in there. I just think it'd be, it'd Endo, be seven with Endo though, wouldn't it? Yeah, if we get Endo yeah. and a defender to me, I think if we can get a, a defender, and I'm not I'm not throwing any any doubts over the defense we've got, but I think I think if we get a couple of injuries in the back four, I think we're more susceptible there than we are in midfield. I yeah. think yeah. go on, go on, no, no, no. carry on. Sorry, no, sorry. I just I, I just think I, I, I don't want us to be in a, a, a situation where we've we've lost Henderson, we've lost we've we've lost Fabino, we've 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 lost Keita, we've lost Chamberlain. Whether Chamberlain played, we you know like it, it I, you don't want to be going into a season where we're light in midfield and you don't know, go because I, we I, can't afford not to be in the top four this, this no. again, Les. I totally agree with you, Tom, because what I will say is, if you look, if the way I'm looking at it at the minute, right, and this is why I've, I've always said, well, I'll judge the whole recruitment process when the window shuts on the on the 1st of September. The way I look at it at the minute, we've got supposedly I and McAllister who've basically come in to replace, say, Henderson and Fabinho, right? Or, or if you like, Chamberlain, Chamberlain and Cater, whichever two you want to choose, right? And then you've got this Endo who's due to sign any time now. And for me, he's James Milner's replacement, right? And then I, I totally agree with you then. It's one more midfielder to come in because of the amount of games that, that Cater and Ox didn't play in. So if you bring in one more that I think we need, with which that supplements the midfield we've already got, then I think we're well set up. And I would also like, you know, I agree with Pete, I would also like another sort of defender to come in as well. We're a bit ham- hamstrung at the minute because of the the, the homegrown and on homegrown rules where we can only afford to bring in two at the minute who are not homegrown. Hendo will come in and take one of those places. But I suppose there is ways around it with Adrian. So you could get you could get round that if you do sign three. So it's a case of watch this space. So uh, I'll I'll go to Mike and then I'll come to you, Pete. About so what was your feeling last night when you heard about Endo? So, so just to just just to finish off that conversation you're having there. One thing that hasn't been mentioned is that Endo also plays at centre back. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's played quite a lot of games at centre back, so he does give us an option if we are sure. Uh, my first reaction when I saw it was very much like what, what you guys have said. This is that somebody's taking the mickey here. Uh, and I didn't even, not even from the Hendo Endo thing, I just thought somebody's throwing in uh, a guy who's got the same name as the villain in Lethal Weapon um, <laughs> as, a, as a potential, you know, 
Somebody, it, it felt like somebody was taking the mickey after oh, Chelsea had owned us in the transfer market. Yep. Oh, look where they've gone here. Well, yeah. But, 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 but then you read, uh, and it started off with Jan Argafjortoft, then it was Kevin Hatchard, then it was Dan o- O'Hagan, um, and then there's a few other people who aren't reporters, just people who've watched it um, and said it. And I, I also heard Didi Haman. Uh, last night talking about him and everyone is incredibly positive about him and 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 the thing about thing this this gives me some cheer on now he could turn out to fall flat uh, and i've just seen a picture on twitter of him coming out of the uh, the tunnel at anfield so he's obviously i think probably finished his medical so hopefully we'll get an announcement at some point soon but um this gives us, a, 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 hopefully, you know, somebody who can come into the team pretty quickly. But it gives us the opportunity to get the right long-term solution in. Now, I'd like that, you know. For, I don't know who to believe in terms of journalists these days. Uh, I'd actually like it to be the Corey um, because he's Premier Premier League ready uh, and. Uh, he's a decent player and he's 23 and he's tall and and I think he'd be great but I I also agree uh, with the the comment that that Endo becomes the James Milner replacement we all thought Henderson would be the James Milner replacement this season and then he went so he he can can, Endo can play a number of positions he's he's physically more reliable than than, uh, Tiago, uh, and and if we can get this uh, get this over the line, great. I was also reading something today about um, us trying to do the deal for is it Andre from uh, is it Fluminese in 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 January? Now that might be as a backup if we can't get Decorey now. Yeah, Pete. What was your what was your sort of reaction? Because you were sort of very, very sort of WhatsApp quiet last night when all this was going on. I, I, I was expecting you to sort of nip in with the tweet here and there, or uh, sorry, a WhatsApp message here and there, sorry. But you, you seem to have gone underground a little bit. So I just wondered what you were what you were thinking. All this transfer stuff's worn me out, Les, and I don't know whether to buy it or not. I really don't know whether to buy anything. Um, this this Wataro Endo thing does seem to be for fear of looking stupid again, it does look like this is this is one that's gonna fly, you know. Um and I've I've sort of had a read up on him today and that and he's very rarely injured, this guy. I'd probably give Paul Bugger the kiss of death now. But he's very rarely injured. And like Mike says he can play and he's he's quite adaptable. He's not just a defensive midfielder. He he actually, you know, he can play anywhere across the back floor if need be. And he's not he's not overly tall, but he wins a lot of a lot of headers. And apparently the engine on him is he, he's just you know non-stop from start to finish. But I agree with you what you said, Les. I think he could well be the Milner replacement. And when we're when we're like ten or fifteen minutes away from the final whistle, maybe with just a one-goal advantage, this guy could be the type of player to come on and you know just keep possession and break play up and, and do whatever you know do what James Milner did at his best. You know, for things like, you know, when you see him in the Barcelona 4-0 and that, and he was just very astute what he was doing. But he, he gets a lot of good good uh, rise-ups, this this lad. And he, he's he's obviously got something about him where he'd be captain of a, a Bundesliga side and also he's captain of his country as well. So, yeah, I mean, out of the others, I mean, they're also getting linked yet again. That's why I sort of take everything with a pinch of salt till you see them raise the scarf at the, at the AXA centre. Um, but they're also getting linked again with Amrabat, aren't they? The lad of Fiorentina, the Moroccan guy. So all these names are getting bandied about again. And as I say, because of the week we had last week, for the highs and lows, I'm I'm a little bit indifferent until I see them walking out of Kirby with with the you know with the kiss on and sorts of stuff. So if we get him, Gracie, he, he'll probably be a good addition. As I say, he's very rarely injured. Got a good motor on him. He does pop up with the odd goal as well, um, but he could be the type of player that we need 
if not from the start of a game, certainly to bring on and show the defence up, you know. Tom, do, do you remember on, on sort of the pod we were doing just before that the team left on the on the tour of Singapore and there was rumours that we didn't know why Conor Bradley hadn't gone on the tour and there was rumours that he might be going on loan to Southampton as part of the, the deal for you know, to get uh, Lavia. Right. And we had a we had a, a chat amongst ourselves that night about the lack of players in our midfield who could actually cover you know, for defenders and we'd lost basically the ones who could in terms of Henderson, Fabinho and Milner, who could all cover you know, Milner could only cover the full back spots, but that was valuable and he was like first choice really. Whenever the full back was down, you know, Milner would play there and Hendo and Fab could also cover centre back. Do you think that's do you think that's one of the reasons why Liverpool have gone for the new Endo? Because he, he's versatile and can cover those areas as well. So he covers a multitude of sins, so to speak. And do you think the second question is that if Liverpool had assigned, say, Canseido last weekend and he'd announced Endo tonight, do you think the transfer would have got a totally different reaction? But because he's been announced as the third signing and we still need that, if you like, proven quality player or a player who's better known or a more expensive player, higher profile player, whatever way you want to you want to uh, call it, that he, he, he's looked at it in a, in a little bit of negative way because we still need that that bigger piece of the jigsaw, so to speak. I think you make some good points, like there, Les. I'll answer them. I think what what Mike has just said. Yeah, I didn't know he played centre back and 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 covers a full back as well. So from that point of view, that's invaluable, isn't it? Especially, and I didn't know what what Peter had said because I didn't know that he had a good injury record. So all these things, are like, I like are great things. I do agree, yeah. How do we assign somebody and and Endo would have come in? I think everybody would have been ecstatic, wouldn't he? They'd have probably said, you're buying a player of experience who's coming in, who can cover full-back, who can cover centre-back, you know, and he probably would have been uh, probably excited. Do you know, he, he probably will turn out to be a really good player and then you've, everyone will feel bad for, for, for the start that they give him, you know what I mean? But I, I think, I, I, Mike's just sent us a picture then, he looks like he, he's really quite advanced down with the, with the Liverpool shares on there, so it looks like it could be well done by tonight, that might... Um, yeah, yeah, that's just careful of those photos, Tom. Yeah, you know, the way the, the yeah, it could be, be photoshopped, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you okay. uh, don't be getting okay. excited, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> don't be getting excited, please. Yeah. What can we can't, we can't have any more. We can't have any more. <laughs> just, no more disappointments. It's the chance he's coming. Yeah. He's missed four games in five years. Jeez. One was concussion because he got a knock in a game. One was COVID and he missed two games with a hamstring injury. That's in five years. See, that's that's pretty impressive. Isn't it? And do you know what? Thinking, they've, they've had some boss players that the, the Japanese side, haven't they? You know, yeah. I remember Honda played for them and... Um, you know, if he's been the captain over all that period, you know, like, he must be a... Yeah. I, I don't want to say too much because, you know, I don't want to jinx the lad, but if he can come in and he's durable and he's a he's a really good player, they're invaluable, them players. Like, like Genie Wijnaldum, they never let you down, you know? No. So, I think, I, I think we'll... I, I, I think if he comes in and he and he plays any parts on... on on um, on Saturday, I, I I think you know what that that will lay a few fears, but um, as you say, I, I I do believe we might go for Andre in January because I think it it's looking he's he's a good value for money signing. As we were talking about the other week on a, on a podcast gone by, remember, Les, we were saying why don't we go to South America 
and look for these players. You know, look for the Casados before they come here and take a punt on them. You know, yeah. so that's what, you know, I, I think that's a good thing. I, I don't mind that. No, Tom, no. Oh, oh, no, I'll go to Pete on this one. Um, just thinking there, both Tom and Mike have mentioned Andre there and the possibility that, you know, we could strike a deal for January. But there is an outside chance that I think they played their, the, the second leg of their two-legged, I think it's the quarter-final of the Copa Litteradoras is on the 31st of August. So if they not got knocked out of that competition in that round, there'd still be a day to get the deal done in this transfer window. So I want to ask you at the minute what your opinion is, and I'll, I'll throw this over to the to the lads as well. We It looks like Endo is close to completing this deal as we speak tonight at half eight on the, on the Thursday evening. Now, if 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 it if it comes to a choice between making a decision to bring in another midfielder now, they possibly like the Corey, possibly like Graven Virtues being linked. I think the Abrabat link has been well and truly knocked back, to be honest. So I don't mm. think he's gonna come. But just say it was one of those other two players, right? Because of the the homegrown situation, would you sort of forego signing one of those two now? in order to bring in Andre in January? Or if the club sort of said, as part of the announcement, you know, uh, when, they, when they announce Endo tonight or tomorrow, OK, uh, Liverpool fans, we've signed Endo, he'll be our last midfield sign in this window because we've agreed the deal to bring Andre in in January. How would you feel in that scenario? Me? I think, I think I'd rather... Live for the now, to be honest. And if they could get someone like the Corey, who's who's obviously Premier League adept, if you want, he's played in the Premier League. Um, I I don't know. I mean, we may have a, we may have more of a chance to see. I say this evening, but since <coughs> that Elise signed a long term con- contract to Palace, I couldn't see Palace losing him to Chelsea, and then also letting the Corey go. We may have a little chance now if that lad stayed. Um. But I think you just, in my opinion, you live for the now. I mean, we could wait till January, but a lot can happen between now and January. You know, one, you know, a player, I've always said this, a player is just one bad tackle away from a career-threatening injury. Now, if we can, if we hang on for this lad from South America, Andre, till January, who knows what's going to happen between now and then. And then you've lost out on someone like the Corey. If, let's just put him in the, in the frame. If you put the Corey down, who, as I say, could literally, if you know, I'm not saying we're going to buy him tonight, but he could walk into our side on Saturday and do a job because he knows the Premier League inside out. You could hang on till January for Andre. And who knows what could happen? He, you know, he could have a, I don't wish any ill on the lad, but he could have a major injury between now and then. So I think you live for the now. And I think if the core is the answer for getting another midfielder, then we go for him. How about you, Mike? What do you think on, on that scenario? It's it's kind of a what are our options thing, really, isn't it? I I I would prefer us to buy Decorey now, um, and if that then meant you know Andre's not going to happen unless unless maybe in January we sold Tiago or something like that um, that allowed that to happen, or maybe we we sold Adrian or something like that, you know. We, we we might have to move those through, but I prefer it if we um, if we got bought Decore now. If we didn't, but we then did announce that um, we have got a deal to bring in Andre in January, then I I do think we probably have enough in Endo and Tiago and uh, Bacetic. Uh, Soboslai, McAllister, um, <coughs> Elliot and Jones to get us through to Christmas. Um, if if we know that there's someone coming in in Christmas at Christmas, but I would prefer if we get the core or I'm not a scout, so there might be other players of that quality. And there's a lot of names been mentioned, um, but 
you know, Polinio is another one that's been mentioned, but he's a little bit older. And uh, I don't I don't see having signed a 30-year-old, they're going to sign a 28-year-old as well now. So so that will be my my choice. Get the Corey, if not, as long as we can say there is, that we've got a deal to bring Andre in in uh, January, I could live with it. Tom, what, what's your views? The Corey or another sort of player of that ilk to come in before the window shuts? Or a deal agreed with Andre to come in either, and obviously you're you you're praying that they get knocked out to get to come in either after the they've been knocked out of the Copa Libertadores. If that's at the end of the month, he's still got a day to, to get it or the deal done, or we um or we wait till January and we only have Endo as the extra midfield player. What you think? Totally agree with Peter and Mike there, hundred percent. I think if if it's the Corey, I think yeah, I think we definitely I definitely bring him in. But again, it's like I th- I think if 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 we missed out on the Corey, and then the we 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 had him tied up for January, then we could live. We could definitely live without him till 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 January and bring him in, but. I think do you know what do you know what I, I think Les and I, I I'm serious. I think if we bought someone like the Corey, who who's who's like he, he's very similar to Casado, isn't he? So yeah. I, I think that would make a difference with, with Endo, who as you as you say, could cover for centre back, cover for full back, move centre along. So it gives you with Gomez with Gomez in the position as well. It gives you a couple more options. I then I then think I feel confident that we 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 could we could make a, a really good fist of this season, you know, against anyone because as we were saying the other day, the first eleven were as good as anybody. So I, I agree with the lads a hundred percent. I think I I think hopefully if we get there's a chance to get the Corey and I take him, but if if we 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 couldn't. We couldn't convince Crystal Palace to sell him. Then I hope it is. For, I'd wait for Andre if if it was a hundred percent certain he was done. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with 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 all of you. You know, I want I want my business done by the end of this month. You know, we cross the Andre Bridge when we come to it. If he, you know, you know, if if we have the chance to get into Corey now. You bring him in now so he's ready to play as soon as possible. Hopefully against Newcastle next weekend, uh, which will be a difficult game. So someone like him would make a massive difference to the midfield. And then if Liverpool really like Andre, you know, they do a deal with him in January. And because he's played a long season, even if they sort of have to say to him, look, the first part of the season, you're just going to be training with us learning the ropes, settling in to a new country, new surroundings, watching a load of Premier League games, and you're going to be ready for the start of the following season. I'd take that. But but what I don't want to hear is that, you know, that Hendo is the only other uh, number six that we're going to have in between now and the 1st of January. I definitely think we need another player in now. The money is obviously there. You know, the market is inflated, so go out and try and get a deal done for the core if he's there, if he was the next cab on the rank, so to speak. And also then, you know, try and find a young central defender who's under the age of 21, so he's not classed as homegrown. And then we can we can go from there. There's way around things in Europe to make sure that you get the players you want to to be registered for the group stages because there's different registration rules for, for Europe and the Premier League. But yeah, my preference is entirely with you lads in that, you know, I want my business done and my, you know, the players in now as soon as possible. You know, I want um, the the endo deal announced, you know, tonight, tomorrow. Hopefully he's cleared to play and be available to be in the squad on Saturday. And then we move on and try and get the core in in the early part of next week so we can have a few training sessions with the team before we head up to St James's Park next weekend and then 
you know, and then if we can sign a central defender then before the window shuts on the first of September, I totally agree with Tom. In that we've got some fantastic footballers, we'll have depth in the midfield, we'll have legs in the midfield, we'll have extra cover at the back, and we'll be ready to go and challenge wherever. If we fall short, then the club are walking a very, very thin line in terms of you know, they roll the dice during the, the COVID season and they got away with it with the injuries to the centre backs. They rolled the dice last season and they didn't get away with it with the midfield and we failed to qualify for the Champions League and had a really disappointing season. They can't, they cannot fail to roll the dice this time. They've got to do it and come up with the right decisions. And it's down to me. It's 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 not just people pointing the finger at FSG. It'll be a collective issue if we don't get the players in that we need. The recruitment team, Klopp, Linders, whoever else is involved, you know, and if it's if it's FSG saying, Well, you know, we don't think he's worth seventy million, then it's up to the recruitment team and Klopp to sort of make them fork that out. But if they were gonna fork out 111 million for Conceido. I can't see why they couldn't get a deal done for the core at 60 million plus 10 million add ons. So I want that deal or a deal for a similar type of player done before the window closes and hopefully in the early part of next week so they're available to play against Newcastle. So on that note, we'll move on and preview our game against uh, Bournemouth at the weekend. And, you know, the first time uh, we'll all be in Anfield for a couple of months. So I'll start with you on this one, Pete. Um, what you're expecting? Um, I mean, there was rumours yesterday, and I think that um, there's a couple of whispers that Curtis has got an ankle injury, so won't be available. And Big Joe Matip also missed training yesterday. So yeah, what's your what's your view ahead of the game at the weekend? Uh, I don't think it'll be nine nil. Put it that way. Um. I had a quick look at Bournemouth's sort of pre-season, which is not always something to go on. Um, they had a couple of wins and they had a couple of losses. They were over in um, in Spain, I think, at, at, at a, a tournament over there. They lost, I think, they, they won at Southampton and I think they lost their home to Atalanta. But they were just pre-season games. And like we always say, if Liverpool lose the pre-season, it's just all about fitness. And if you win one, so be it. But I know they got a draw last week against West Ham uh, at home. Um, I don't know with it being the first, you know, the first game at home. There's a lot of expectation, you, you know. I mean, I myself, I I, I always say Liverpool are going to win every own game I go to. That's my logic. I I don't care who we're playing, whether it's Bournemouth, Manchester City, or Barcelona. I think we're going to win. So I'll still say the same thing for Saturday. But I know they've got a new manager. Um, because since they had Scott Parker for that 9-0 and then I think Gary O'Neill took over for a while and they've got a, I think he's a Spanish manager, I'm not too sure yeah. I know much about yeah, him. Yeah, it is. Um, so it'll be interesting to see the way they play. I know they brought in a lad I, I always like the look of at Norwich, Max Adams. I think he's a good player. So there's probably a, a few new faces as well in the Bournemouth lineup. Uh, obviously Dominic Solanke, I think he scored last week, so you know, he'll be coming back to us. Um, but I, I, as I say, I think it, it, it doesn't matter who we play at Anfield. I think I think it's winnable for Liverpool. Um, but it'll be interesting um, to see, you know, with the side that, that Jürgen puts out. I think uh, Sobersly and, and McAllister will definitely start in the midfield. Uh, whether he bring, I mean, Harvey Elliott had a, a nice little cameo last week. He might start, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think if the back five includes an Allison of this, I think he'll probably start with the same back five. Um, he might bring. I don't know. He he might let Jota have a a break on the bench and bring Nunes in as a starter on on Saturday. So we'll see. But other than that, I can see more or less being the same team that uh, we started the Chelsea game against. Tom, do you can you see? Um, go from what Pete said there. Can you see Gakpo starting again as one of the the three midfielders, or do you think that you know with Curtis being out, 
you know, we're, we're a bit short of numbers in midfield and Jürgen might like a midfielder on the bench that that only leaves possibly, you know, Harvey Elliott, depending on how fit Thiago is. We haven't mm. really got a lot of options, or do you think, you know, if he's signed in time and registered in time, that Endo could start at the six and McAllister and and uh, supposedly I could take the two the two uh, eight positions, so to speak. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Les? I I hope Gabco goes and plays up front rather than I think he's much more effective up front than he is in midfield, but. I, I get what you're saying about the, the options that we've got in midfield. It's it's who you who you play as a city. He could he, he could bring Gomez. He, he could bring Gomez in at right back and then put push Trent into the six, you know, for the for the for the game. And um play the McAllister and Sosabosley as in the natural positions, which I think I think he's got he's got options, hasn't he? So I don't know. I'm 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 like I hope he play. I, I don't. I think Jota might make the bench. I, I, he got a knock as well, Pete, didn't he? As well, to be fair to him. So mm. he might be he might be struggling a little bit, but um, I don't think he, he, he'll, he'll start Nunes. I'll be surprised if he starts Nunes, to be honest. I think he might just leave Nunes on the bench at the moment. Um, but I'd expect Liverpool to beat, beat Bournemouth well, I think. I don't think it'll be anywhere near the 9-0, to be honest. But I think I think that will probably... I think we'll win. And I think I, I think he might... I don't think he'll play Gapko as a centre in the midfield. don't know what Pete, Mike thinks. Mike, what? Just, just going on there from what both Tom and Pete said, just being and an, some fans have the opinion that Gakpo when he plays in the false nine at home isn't as effective as when he plays in the false nine away, because because teams sort of tend to sit back a little bit more when they come to Anfield and there's not a lot of space for them to exploit behind. Whereas when we're away, teams tend to be a little bit more adventurous. Let us say. So we can then use that space by dropping off to feed balls through to the likes of Salah, Jota Diaz, etc. You know, Nunes if he's fit. So with bearing that in mind, do you think Nunes could start up front or Jota and, and um, Gakpo could be on the bench? Do you see him starting the midfield? Or as Tom said, do you see him starting as the, as the false nine anyway? Um. I'm I'm not sure I totally agree with the the concept of uh, he's not as effective uh, in the false nine at home because he, he he was he certainly was against Man United wasn't he uh, he was very effective um, in the Tottenham four uh, three I, I think I, I've got a fancy in that there's going to be something thrown in this weekend whether it's a Thiago star maybe play 50, 55 minutes and uh, and then Endo come on or Endo start. Um, but if but if neither of them start, I think it'll be McAllister in the in the six. And I, and I think they'll probably put Elliot in the eight. And then I do I, I, I do think Jota will probably drop out and Picking between Gakpo and Nunes, I don't know. I think he probably favours Gakpo, doesn't he? Um, so, yeah. I, 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 but I do. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. What's What's Endo's English like? Does anybody know? I don't know. Didn't know who he was this time last night. <laughs> if you look at If you look at his Twitter account, it's all in uh, Japanese or German. So. Uh, um, yeah, it doesn't tell you a lot, does it? But uh, <laughs> well, at, least, at least, at least, Jürgen can communicate with him if it's yeah, English. yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, uh, but but if his English is passable, uh, I, I he might get thrown in, you know. Yeah, he might. He might just do that. What so, would, it, what would the uh, deadline be anyway for signing him? If that was the five case. p.m. tomorrow, twelve noon. Yeah, Mike. Oh, twelve, 12 noon. noon is it? Twelve noon. Nice. 12 noon tomorrow, he's got to be registered. I mean, he has to be registered by then, and then he has to get clearance. Now, the clearance 
maybe needs to come through. It doesn't need to come through by it 12. It can come o'clock. afterwards, and can't it? Yeah. It can come afterwards, like what Arthur got on the morning of the, the Everton game, if you see what I mean. But the actual mm. paperwork has to be registered with the Premier League by 12 noon on a Friday before the weekend game for you to be eligible. So, mm. um, well, if he's had his medical today, that'll be done. I yeah. think if he does sign it, and in time as well, I think he's going to be on the bench at best, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. So here we go. It's that time again uh, where we ask you for which for your predictions. So I'll start with you today, Mike. What's Four your one. Saturday? 4-1. A nice positive start, Tom. 4-0. Wow. All positive. Go on, Pete. I'm going to go for the clean sheet. I'm going to say 2-0 to the Reds. And, you know, I'm in the same boat as Pete with that one. I was also going to say 2-0. And, you know, a nice a nice win in the first game of the season. A four points out of six. Because this weekend, I know it's only the second weekend of the season. But I think Tottenham are playing Man United this weekend. And also, mm-hmm. uh, Manchester are playing Newcastle. Yeah. So, so you need to win your games when your rivals are playing each other. So do you get maximum points that week and either game points on one or both of them? So mm-hmm. I think it's an important game to win, especially going into the game against Newcastle the following week in terms of, you know, you want it, you want to have four points out of six going into that game. So I'm sure that, you know, we played, you know, all things considered last week. We had a difficult away game, yet we had, we, we had some problems in the game, but I thought the commitments and some of the football that the team played at that time was excellent. So I don't see any reason why they can't take that into the game on Saturday and, and come out with the with the three points. So on that note, we're all positive for the Liverpool win. We'll end the latest edition of the LFC Red Poets podcast. Thanks again to Tom and Pete and also to Mike Wilson for joining us tonight. And as I always say, at the end of these shows, don't buy the sun, justice of the 97. You'll never walk alone until next time. Speak soon.